The Power 40 podcast is an uplifting faith-based podcast that speaks to all that is going on in our world. Our goal is to share inspirational real life stories and experiences from notable guests around the country on matters that touch us all. The number 40 symbolizes a period of testing, trial, or probation. We all experience trying times in our lives, but it's what comes from these times that make us who we are. As we depict periods of people's lives where the idea of the number 40 is played out, we will learn the goodness that comes from perseverance, determination, and belief. I'm your host, Danica Tramberg, joined today by a woman who has been working in philanthropy for most of her professional career. She has major fundraising experience and has really paved her way throughout the entire philanthropic landscape. Liz's passion for philanthropy started out of habitual volunteerism for causes that are just really dear to her heart. And with that, we're so excited to welcome Liz Bratz to the podcast today. So thank you so much for joining. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. So after earning your master's of arts from Marquette and journalism and teaching communications courses, both at Marquette and Concordia University, you worked various media organizations writing predominantly features. What did that journey teach you? Um, so, yeah, so I, I wrote for various media organizations and I loved it. And um, what it taught me is that I wanted to learn more. So I'd write a feature, I'd investigate different things, I'd, you know, research different things and I'd get to know a different organization or, mm-hmm. um, you know, work on a story or investigate something. And then I'd want, I didn't want to stop. So um, when you work on a story, you, um, you know, talk to somebody for a short period of time or you investigate a certain piece for a very limited parcel of time and then the story is published and then that's where it ends. Um, and for me, um, I would get really excited about something and I wouldn't want to stop talking to the organization or yeah. um, or learning about whatever the topic was. Mm-hmm. And that sort of led me to um, doing contract work with this um, specific nonprofit because really their mission was so amazing. Um, and so that's where I was like, I love to write. I, I love to write, um, you know, since I was a little kid, it was always something that I was excited and passionate about and um, came easy to me. But um, that was what I really struggled with, with being a reporter was just that we get excited about something and I didn't want to like stop learning about whatever it was I was researching. That's so interesting. I, I find that fascinating with journalism too, just covering something from start to finish and probably just continuously learning so many things, which makes it interesting and very exciting. Mm-hmm. And writing, so you're saying writing led you to meet many, many people, um, in, even including the executive director of an organization. And correct me if I say this wrong, but like global giving, like G-L-O-B-A-L-L. Global, yes. Global, like balls, like yeah. um, playing balls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, the organization is based in Milwaukee and um, the executive director um, started the organization after he went on a mission trip to Kenya and saw kids playing soccer, basically, with wadded up rags that they oh, used wow. to basically make balls. And um, he realized, like, there's such a need for um, sporting equipment mm-hmm. um, around the, the world because we in America take all this kind of stuff for granted, but in very impoverished parts of the world, kids don't have anything. And so these kids were very ingenious and using rags that they wadded up and, um, and use like twine to make the balls 
you know, the rags stick together, but, um, he realized there was a need. So, um, I met him and doing this feature on being philanthropic with your children. It was a feature for the journal at the time. And we together went on, on the morning blend together. And then I kept talking to him and he said, he's like, I really don't have somebody that can do strategic direction and do fundraising for me and, um, escalate my, um, donation intake. And, you know, he had a lot of people in the Milwaukee metro area that were giving him like old jerseys and, you know, bats and balls and like these, you know, very affluent, um, like youth, uh, like baseball organization organizations, for instance, that would give him like the surplus of, um, all their equipment from like the previous season that they didn't need because they would get new stuff every year. So like, he Mm -hmm. didn't need that stuff. What he needed was financial monetary donations to be able to ship all this heavy equipment. And then he needed, um, actual contacts and in countries to be able to furnish, um, these programs. So Mm -hmm. I started doing a little bit of contract work from him, which turned into a job. Mm -hmm. Um, and so what I did was I actually, um, fostered relationships with Peace Corps volunteers, um, in various countries, um, which was so amazing. So different countries in Africa and Asia, um, and, you know, South America and created relationships with these people, most of these Peace Corps volunteers were like college athletes, high school athletes mm-hmm. that had, let's say they played baseball or they played volleyball or whatever it was. They wanted to create programs for kids. These kids had never played these sports, but because sports is a gateway to a lot of other skills, you know, mm-hmm. teamwork, um, health, uh, exercise, you know, so many different things that again, yes. in America, we take this for granted. Um, and so they had the skills to coach Um, but they didn't have any of the tools. So I did all the solicitation of funding to be able to ship this very heavy equipment and then procured a lot of the equipment too. um, And um, would then send it out internationally um, and then did a lot of their fundraising and things like that with planning events to like attain, obtain monetary donations. Um, It's so fascinating working, especially just across the world, literally, did you come yeah. across any like obstacles or challenges in that regard? Cause I feel like, you know, there's one thing contacting people across the country, but when you get to that global aspect, it probably becomes more challenging. Yeah. Well, so I, the, probably the greatest win that I've ever had, um, in my career, I would say, and this is so silly because it would probably was maybe a $5,000 donation, like all mm-hmm. in was um, there was a guy and he was originally from California and he was big into surfing and he want, and he was in the Philippines, he was stationed in the Philippines and he wanted to start a surf program for children in the Philippines. And so he wanted um, longboards and shortboards. And um, he said, if there's any way that you guys can obtain these boards and these fins and then, and I don't recall exactly what they're called, basically the, um, fixtures to the kids' legs, yeah. then that attach to the boards sure. and get these shipped all the way to the Philippines. And initially we were like, there's no way the cost <laughs> of shipping will be so expensive. Yeah. And how are we going to secure these? Well, long and the short, again, it's just like the power of like connectivity. Um, in California, there was, um, two different companies that had longboards and shortboards. They were willing to donate the products. Wow. And there was a different company that was willing to donate the fins and um, the fixtures to the legs. And then we, through fundraising, were able to, um, you know, raise the money to, to ship 
and we were able to send him 10 long boards, 10 short boards. And then as part of our process, we would always send these signs that said the global giving, mm-hmm. um, and every kid deserves to play. So then like all we asked in response, response to the donations was that they um the recipient would send like a photo or a video or something just with like the kids with the donation or just like a short video of the kids yeah. playing and you know it was like six weeks later and I got a video and um of this guy like with all these kids in these um surfboards and the sign I was like I cannot believe this actually like came together wow um, and it took a long time and it took me calling so many different you know, surf related organizations. And again, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm Milwaukee based where we don't have surfing here. <laughs> right. Um, so, but it was, you know, a dream of this guy's and he, it all came together. Wow. Um, and these kids, like, obviously this is something that they would never have had the capability of doing learning about. Um, so, so that incredible. was such a win. Yeah. That's really incredible. And to see it all come full circle and yeah. just the impact you make on those kids and everyone involved really it's really really neat and aside from just the fundraising and resources you aided in and providing in so many different ways you also went on a mission trip to Guatemala what was that experience like and what did you do down there yeah so that was really amazing that was also with global giving and in conjunction with um, an organization called Pivotal Directions, which yeah. um, was with Jeff Wenzel, who's actually also on your podcast, yes. um, not too, too long ago. Um, so I went down there with Jeff and, as a representative of Global Giving, and we went to different orphanages and very, very impoverished schools and distributed um, sporting equipment and actually some school supplies. And Jeff's organization works with um, children who come from very affluent means and basically teaches them about servant leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, and so global giving also then we together worked to basically provide these um, schools and the, the orphanages, all the kids had severe um, cognitive and uh, physical delays. So we worked together to provide these kids with some, uh, you know, much needed um, equipment and just mm-hmm. honestly, like, our time and um, just resources and things like that um, that they would otherwise not have. Um, it was just an eye-opening experience for all these kids that were in high school um, that would otherwise, again, never be exposed to this kind of poverty. Um, and it was a, an experience for me to like myself, not just ship things from our office here, um, but was gave me the ability to like hands on the ground, be able to provide Mm -hmm. things to people, um, see them use the things that, you know, we provide in like a real time, um, you know, ability. And it was, it was awesome. That's really neat. It's it's obvious. And it's definitely no doubt serving and making an impact is important to you between all you've done in your career and your personal life um, and your community. I would call you a servant leader. And as someone who is a servant leader, what does serving truly mean to you? I think it means just, you know, service over self. So like mm-hmm. it's all encompassing. It's, you know, do not just, um, you know, doing it as a career, which I, you know, it's become my career, but it's like taking things that um, have happened to you, happened to me that, you know, I've used my experiences and, and made that, a, you know, part of who, who I am, what I do. Mm-hmm. So 
for instance, this is a you know, good example for me is I had twins that were born at 31 weeks. So they spent, um, they were both born not breathing. They had major, major health issues. They were spent mm-hmm. six weeks in the NICU. And so I had a very, very tumultuous, you know, experience, yeah. but I learned a lot in, you know, that experience that there are some really amazing, you know, resources and things mm-hmm. that organizations like the March of Dimes um, do for, um, you know, NICU education and um, resources for early term birth and things like that, that are really important. And so, um, you know, shortly after, um, probably eight months to a year after the, my kids were born, I started to donate my time. We donated, you know, monetarily, and then we became an ambassador family for the March of Nimes. Mm-hmm. I spoke at many other fundraising events, um, you know, as an ambassador family, um, and, you know, have made it a sort of a mission to like make, you know, um, early term birth education, like important because instead of sort of making that like a, that was a downtrodden part of my life. It was like, it was, but there are, there's a reason why my kids are very healthy today. And that is because of, um, you know, organizations like the March of Dimes. And so people should support organizations that make a difference. And Mm -hmm. so I, you know, I would empower people to, to look at things that have affected them and, you know, negative and positive, but I would say like, use a negative experience and try to turn that as a way to, you know, give back to what Mm -hmm. has helped turn that negative experience into something that has ended up being so incredibly positive. And that's what I, you know, I tried to do with that experience. Yeah. I think that's a great point and a silver lining too, right? We all have things Mm -hmm. that are going to be difficult in our lives, challenges that we go through, but it's what, what can we learn from this and, or how can we take this personal experience and maybe help someone else that may be going through this or will right. go through this in the future. So I right. appreciate all the work that you have done there as well too. Yeah. Why? So I feel like sometimes volunteerism is a little bit scary for people or getting involved in their community. They just don't know where to start. It's like overwhelming. And why would you say to someone who maybe is not familiar with volunteering, why is it important for someone to get involved in their community or to volunteer? Um, I think because if nobody did it, you know, nothing would get done. Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there are, there are little things that make a huge difference. Um, You know, I, um, I, and I'll give you a great example. I, I was a Girl Scout leader for my older daughter, um, one of the twins for her, Um, Girl Scout troop for many years. And one thing that we, again, being in philanthropy as a job, um, one thing that we did a lot was to go to this local um, soup kitchen and we would Mm -hmm. serve food. And um, one thing that I did in advance was to ask sort of like, what is the demographic of the people Mm -hmm. that are going to be coming? And um, the director of the soup kitchen said, oh, it's predominantly older people. And I was like, okay, this is actually great because this will teach the kids Mm-hmm. respect for their elders, how to you know get out of their shell and this, that, and the other thing. And to prep these kids, we said, okay, we're going to, we're going to make it be like, this is a restaurant for these mm-hmm. people. And you're going to make sure to like fill up their water and ask them if they would like dessert and this, and that, and the other thing. And it was a very traditional soup kitchen. I mean, people waited in line and like yeah. they went and sat down and this and that, but, um, 
we asked the girls to then like after everybody, you know, got their meal and was like, all right, now we're going to go out and we're going to fill waters and ask them if they need a napkin and get the, you know, walk around with trays of dessert and see if they need a brownie and this, that, Mm. and the other thing. And I give this example because it's like so simple, you know, like these people were like, Oh my God, this is so great. Like, this is the best bit. Like the, you could tell just based on the feedback, number one, mm-hmm. and just the smiles and everything that these people like felt very, um, catered to. Mm-hmm. And that this is probably not the experience that they get on a day-to-day basis. Right. And that goes leaps and bounds mm-hmm. for people that otherwise maybe don't always have that experience. And this is not something that takes a ton of effort. This mm-hmm. is a two-hour experience that anybody can do. So yeah. you don't have to, um, you know, strain yourself to do things that make a huge difference to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's so you shouldn't be intimidated by, in my opinion and in my experience, by doing, you know, things for your community for other people. Um, it's just finding something that I think is. Um, that that would you know make you feel good and make somebody else feel good. So true. And sometimes it's just you know what relates to you. What are you passionate about? And just going out and I mean, goodness, with social media, you could literally just post on your Facebook. Well, I want to volunteer with X, Y, and Z, and I'm sure you know someone or someone knows someone to get you in the door somewhere to help. Yeah, definitely. So from global giving to discovery world, science and technology, and now director of development with Hometown Heroes, you've had some very diverse roles and responsibilities. What has really stuck out to you in those different journeys? Um, I think that there's just exponential need. Um, You know, one thing that really stuck out to me, especially at discovery worlds was um, the needs of our metro city and mm-hmm. education especially um it was really hard to see some of the um the the need in the in the city relation to the kids especially you know a lot of our programming it was really cool it it served a lot of um the milwaukee public school system especially like offering stem focus so science technology engineering and math um labs and you know it wasn't just like field trips but it was like mm-hmm educational labs and, you know, with kits and things like that for, um, for the schools that otherwise didn't have those resources. And it was amazing to understand and get to know a lot of the educators and the administrators at these schools that, um, to, to learn about the poverty, um, Mm -hmm. at their schools and the limited resources that the schools had and to really recognize that like what, a lot of people are facing that like we would otherwise not really know and understand because we have so much. Um, and I think a lot of Metro cities are dealing with this. It's not just Milwaukee. Um, but you know, that's a major thing that I think I know a lot of organizations are really working to curtail that to Mm -hmm. provide more resources, especially in education. But that was really eye opening to me. You know, I spent six years there at the museum and just every year I was just like, it was more eye-opening every single year just to see the limited resources that the schools had. And, you know, it was hard to see what the kids struggled with. That is hard. Yeah. What's one piece of advice you'd give to someone with a passion to make a difference and get involved in philanthropy or nonprofit work or in their career someday? 
Um, I would say that you should think about what's really, really important to you. And then, um, and what drives you and something that, again, like look into your own life, something that maybe that affected you or mm -hmm. whatever, and then try to um, find a career that is in alignment with that. Um, I think that will really um, make you successful. Because um, if you don't have mission alignment, I think that you can't have passion mm -hmm. and drive to see the organization succeed. You have to um, feel excited and passionate about what the organization that you're working for is doing. Mm -hmm. um, you have to want to see it be fruitful and you have to be excited for, you know, what the organization is doing. Um, and if you have some kinship in your own life to what mm -hmm. the organization is doing, I think it only fosters success for you, both yourself and the organization at large. That's a great advice and very, very true. Yeah. As we just kind of close out today and reflect on the power 40 in our lives, maybe trials we're going through or have overcome, we understand that in life, we'll continue to experience the good and the bad that it throws our way. And 40 is also significant in regards to time. So if you had just 40 minutes to impact the world, Liz, where would you start and what would you say? Well, so if I had like infinite power, this is what I would do. Um, so I think because the impact of um, social media is so exponential and the impact mm -hmm. of those, you know, public figures and stuff is so exponential. What I would do is take over all of social media, all of media in general, mm -hmm. and use public voices to broadcast, you know, positivity and Pot and good messaging mm -hmm. versus, you know, things that are sort of detrimental to the world at large yeah. for 40 minutes. So for instance, a lot of, and I'll like the Kanye West recent messaging that yeah. has been so polarizing and anti-Semitic recently has, has had very detrimental effects on, you know, um, some like really awful hate speech that has trickled out. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, you know, so I think, instead of having, um, you know, Kanye West go on, on this 40 minute, um, you know, podcast or whatever it is, TikTok, like everywhere, mm -hmm. um, would be giving him five minutes of this 40 minutes to talk about a really positive encounter that he had um, with somebody in his life who happened to be Jewish or, um, you know, having people of public dominance that um, could talk about really great things um, that people could do in their lives um, that would positively affect the world or positive interactions between races or religions or whatever it would be. Um, and, you know, taking over all forms of media, whether it's social, TikTok, Twitter, the, you know, television, radio, whatever, and mm -hmm. how I would intercept, you know, interact with that 40 minutes would simply be um, you know, to be a consumer of that and to be just, um, you know, taking that messaging and, and using it, you know, like, and going out and doing something good with it, I think. Um, so I love know, that. I just, yeah. I think that's important. And right. uh, it has such a trickle effect, right? So if right. someone in power is able to speak like that, it just, it can go so broad and touch so many people and I wish mm -hmm. that it was more like that, but right. we can only hope that um, right. 
that is our future. Well, thank you so much today, Liz, for joining me. I just loved hearing about your passion for giving back and learning about what it takes to just be a trailblazer in that philanthropic space and all you've done. And um, I look forward to just seeing all you will continue to do as well. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun. For more information on the Power 40 podcast, visit powerofhumans.com. Also stream the podcast on your preferred streaming service.